Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. Early to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! Here we go, uh, hour number two here on the early line. Jared Smith, birthday boy Jared Smith, uh, joining us here this morning on the grid as we uh, we got 11. That's right, count them, 11 uh, college basketball games along with 10 NBA games on the card tonight. Uh, coming up here in just about, uh, about 15, 20 minutes, we're going to bring in uh, Maxwell Smart. This is a guy, you're going to love him, Jared. He oh, is a guy I've, I've that, chatted uh, with Maxwell on Twitter many times. He's very entertaining. There you go. He loves Mary Mac basketball. Knows every Mary player. Mac knows, basketball. Uh, he, just, he <laughs> loves the uh, the unbelievably. You're like, what school is the that? obscure yes, of uh, the obscure? It's like an Alfred Hitchcock so movie. <laughs> yeah, and tonight's card. I, I mean, when you got a bunch of you know Miac and Ivy League, like you got, I got an Ivy pick tonight, for you later. He is. A, uh, yeah, he's going to be great with that. So we'll have him on here coming up. We'll start breaking down some of the uh, the edges that we see in tonight's college card. We'll dive into the 10 uh, NBA games here. Some very interesting numbers starting to surface. We'll give you the latest there. And then, of course, XFL week four. Hmm. Uh, the numbers are up. We'll, uh, we'll give you that. First round is done at the uh, Honda Classic. And just like I said, there's a guy leading the tournament after round one. Absolutely nobody's heard of. And, uh, yeah, he's also a triple-digit guy as well. So there is a, an opportunity if you want to uh, do a little live golf betting today. I'm going to point you in the right direction and tell you exactly how you should bet this because the weather here in South Florida, get it's going it to be a problem I heard it was cold. today for the Honda Classic. Yeah, it's cold, but that course already, the wind is ridiculous. Now that uh, there are going to be two different golf courses being played, guys, and we'll go into this. Wow. Whoever's teeing off at 6 a.m. today, in all likelihood, might miss the cut here today. That's The mover is going to come. The guy that's going to win the tournament is going to come from the afternoon tee time. So if you want to take a flyer on a guy to win the tournament today, do it if they tee off after 12 o'clock today. We'll explain Good coming stuff. up. We'll bring in uh, Dan Strafford now. We'll talk some headlines, get you caught up with the latest, and then we'll start making some money, start breaking down these games here on the grid. In the NBA, we keep an eye on Joel Embiid. He has no significant structural damage in that left shoulder. A sprain as of now. He'll be reevaluated in a week. Reports are ranging from 7 to 10 days out or potentially 3 to 4 weeks. We know the injury history of the process, so we'll keep an eye on that one. The 76ers were home favorites against the Knicks without Embiid, without Ben Simmons, and they took care of business 115 to 106, covering the spread. 
34.7 rebounds, 7 assists for Tobias Harris. Julius Randle on the other side of that one had 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists in the loss. Hassan Whiteside in a loss to the Portland Trailblazers put up a double-double, 18 points, 16 boards, and 4 blocks. Moving on to Major League Baseball, John Heyman of MLB Network reporting the Mets and Athletics are among the teams that have checked in on catcher Russell Martin. Martin has indicated he does want to play in 2020, but is currently taking care of personal matters. Luis Severino did undergo Tommy John surgery on Thursday, and Justin Verlander pitched a two-inning simulated game on Thursday in place of a spring training debut. He's been dealing with a groin issue. The Athletic Stephen Holder reports the Colts are, quote, vetting free agent Philip Rivers. He also says that they have not yet reached out to free agent to be Tom Brady. Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs III showed elite speed at the scouting combine Thursday night, ran a 4.27 in his first attempt at the 40. That's an official time and an unofficial time of 4.31 in his second attempt. Former Washington wide receiver John Ross currently with the Bengals ran a 4.22, and that is still the record. And we talked about it last hour. Arizona State's Michael Turk putting up 25 reps of 225 pounds. To put that into further context here at the combine, from Jeff Legwold of ESPN, that's more than all but one tight end prospect and more than all the 33 wide receivers who took part in the drill. So the punter getting it done. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, appreciate it. Yeah, we got uh, we got some PGA National Golf here today, the Honda Classic. And uh, like we were telling you, the Yesterday was a, a classic case of the guys who teed off early versus the guys that teed off late. Now, yesterday there were 12 to 15 mile per hour winds, but temperatures were in the 60s. And I know that's killing you, Jared, uh, to think about that. <laughs> it was freezing here. All right. Absolutely. All in the National Guard. Here. Right. But the scoring average yesterday from the morning versus the afternoon, guys, it was a full stroke. Um, they averaged around 72 and a half in the morning. It was 71 in the afternoon. Wow. Six of the top 10 guys came from the afternoon yesterday um, golfing because of the warmer weathers, the green, it, with the winds died down a little bit. That ain't happening today. Like, so what's going on is those guys that teed off late yesterday are now teeing off as we speak. And now you're talking about temperatures in the upper 40s, low 50s. 20-plus mile-per-hour winds on that golf course to start the day. By the time 12, 1 o'clock comes around, they'll be back to the 60s and 10 to 12-mile-per-hour winds. But the morning group of guys, the, the guys that are currently the leaders now, I can assure you, will not be there tomorrow when we're talking about this. It, they will not be there. The actual guys that are going to be leading this tournament today and probably through the weekend are going to be the guys in the afternoon group, the guys that got screwed yesterday because they had to tee off early at flip-flops. The guys in the afternoon are going to be facing close to 15-mile-per-hour winds less, temperatures of about 15 degrees. And trust me, and you notice, Jared, nobody likes playing golf with 400 layers of clothes on no because way. it's 45 degrees and you're freezing in 20-mile-per-hour winds. That's what they're facing here this morning. So if you were going to make a live play and let's say, you know what, I'd love to jump in on somebody here, uh, guys like Billy Horschel, Brandon Steele, Charles Shore, the guys that are going to be teeing off this afternoon, that's going to be one of them in that group is going to be your leader heading into the weekend. And then in all likelihood could very well contend. So if they're in a top five spot at the end of today, 
and you and you guess right, and, and you go ahead and put a couple of names in, guys. Yeah, Lee Westwood right there right now, 14. That guy, he's 47 years old, loves this. Shane Lowry pissed me off, but uh, he'll have an opportunity to blow up here today. Yeah. Uh, Gary Woodland will be there, and do not at all be surprised if uh, a guy that shot 74, his name is Brooks Kupka, uh, was terrible. Had a, tri- a triple bogey yesterday. Just, it was not him. He's, he's on the course right now, so he's year. in trouble. He's on the course yes, right now. I see a couple names yep. that are intriguing to me. Fleetwood at the top, he tees off uh, yes. much later today. I want to say 1 o'clock, yep. 1235. And then here's the name that I'm yep. really looking at. He's already in the top five, and he's three under par, and he doesn't tee off until 12.15 p.m., and that's Zach Johnson. Uh, and he's had a ton of yes. success on this southern swing in the past. Yeah, he's won yeah. the Masters in the past. Yep. So I would put my I money on those two yep. guys right now, Zach Johnson and Tommy Fleetwood, yep. based on that handicap with the afternoon groupings being better. You're not getting as much value yep. on Fleetwood, but I think that's telling uh, those live odds, Joe, because Fleetwood is all the way down on the board. Fleetwood is is even par. Yep. He's four shots back of the lead, and he's the favorite right now on the live line. Yep. So that's intriguing yep, exactly. to me. I'm telling you. Yep, absolutely, guys. There are some opportunities here. This this leaderboard is never – this tournament is never all oh, the guys who – you know, it's usually all four days. or No, the, the winners of this tournament come from this round here and Saturday's round, setting them up for Sunday. It is wide open, and a leaderboard flip-flops because of the difference in weather. And that weather this morning versus those guys that are be playing this afternoon, it's night and day. So uh, great job with you. I love both of those plays, too. Guys that know the course very well. Yeah. Uh, Zach Johnson is a guy that's been there. There are some opportunities live betting today in that golf tournament for you guys. Also, we've got some um, XFL coming up. Week four, we had a chance to talk to the uh, COO yesterday on the morning yeah, that was after cool. I saw of that. the XFL. Yeah, and it's um, you know they're excited and and they're really excited for the embracing of the sports betting aspect with their oh, league, yeah. I, which I think is great. Um, they have the it's quite obvious they have the backing, they've got the funding, they have every. This is not going to be a one and done type of situation here. No. So they're willing to make tweaks. Um, and we've got, listen, a week four, we've got some interesting matchups here with the Wildcats and the Guardians. How bad are the Guardians? Uh, I don't know what the weather is supposed to be there at MetLife, but this total's gone from 41 to 38 and a half. It's actually going to be pretty windy um, tomorrow. The- windy and cold. It's tw- it was miserable yep. today. I, I walked out of my apartment this morning, and, and I'm in one of those apartments, Joe, that is literally right up against the wall. So when it's windy outside, it, it, you feel it. You know, yeah, it, you it's cold. It gets yep. cold. I don't know if you'd make it up here. Yep. It would be you would have to like be wrapped up like, uh, you know, the Christmas Carol kid, you know, wrap you up in all these layers of scarfs yep. uh, in order for you to. It, it was yeah. it was not a it was not a pleasant walk this morning to the subway at, at uh, 536 a.m. So translate that till tomorrow. Yeah, I'm seeing 30 degree windy conditions. It's going to be very brisk. And we know MetLife yep. Stadium, if it's brisk in the city, the swamp is way worse because that's one of that's a wind trap, that place down there uh, out in Jersey. So yep. I would not be surprised to see that total dip. And it's crazy because we were talking about totals in the 50s, even a total that even got close to 60 yep. in week one. And now I'm watching, I'm looking at this line. Now. It's 39 and a half. It's like a Steelers-Browns game in December. I'm with you. I'm with you. Dragons, Battlehawks. Roughnecks, Renegades, DC Defenders, Tampa Vipers. We'll give you the odds. We'll show them to you. 
Coming up next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com, Maxwell Smart joins us. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. here tonight in uh, in college hoops going to be a monster kind of final weekend here as we make the push towards conference championships very important guys like we mentioned earlier understand what's at stake for some teams some have absolutely nothing to gain by really going all out and, and winning these final couple of games uh Hostra was a team came to mind last night they've already clinched their uh, conference, they're already the number one seed, wasn't sure what the hell you were going to get from them. So, uh, and Townsend proved to be, um, you know, perfect with everything to play for. And you're going to get those kinds of matchups this weekend. So a guy that understands certainly a card like tonight better than anybody, our good friend, college basketball god, Maxwell Smart joins us here now. And Max, it's a intriguing card tonight. Uh, from the standpoint of, yes, we've got Dayton's the only top 25 team against Davidson. And I'm shocked, really, that that's not at uh, that's not closer to a, a 20 line, because I would think Dayton at home, people will be all over. But I'll start there, man. Davidson this year, a little bit disappointing. Um, is there a letdown spot here for Dayton, do you think? Do you think Davidson, forget about winning, you think they can keep it within single digits? I think that with the experience that Davidson has with Kellen Grady and John Axel Gunmanson, they definitely have uh, the ability to stay with Dayton. It's just a matter of what are they going to do to stop Obi Toppin from getting down low and getting to the rim whenever he wants. That's my main issue. And with High Jung Lee coming off the bench, I need an X-factor performance from him if I'm going to be back in Davidson tonight. Maxwell, Joe, and I were talking last night, and we were we were trying to figure out some fun teams to go over. Merrimack is, in my mind, especially here in the Northeast, because they're you know one one of those teams that have kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, their first year in Division One, they're leading the Northeast Conference as a decent bet uh, that they will be in the NCAA tournament, which is wild to think that they were playing Division Three basketball uh, very recently. What's hmm. your take on this Merrimack team uh, as they pretty much march through the Northeast Conference? Uh, that that regular season's over. They are the number one seed. Yeah, they did a really good job of surprising people, especially bookmakers, and it benefited anybody that's been watching the NEC closely. Um, with Mer- with Merrimack, what they what they do well is they brought in a great recruiting class that are now sophomores that are going to be playing together for another two years, and I think that they're going to be a perennial. Um, powerhouse in that conference because of that. Uh, Merrimack plays a good zone. They really can um, frustrate you when you're trying to run your half-court offense. And 
Um, defenses have been allowing Javarius Hayes to just stand at the three-point line and take shots with no guy closer than five feet away from him. And uh, he's going to start knocking those down. It's unfortunate that they can't qualify for the conference tournament and mm-hmm. their season's going to end um, after this. But I hear that they're going to be invited to the CIT or the CBI, and I'd love to see them in the postseason tournament this year. They could really do some uh, benefit for your bankroll. It's kind of crazy. I mean, when you look at them, they're 19 and 11. They're best team in the Northeast, 13 and four. But they are now the record holder for the team that has the single most wins in their first year of Division One eligibility in the history of college basketball. So they've already won more games than any other school wow. ever that made it into Division One their first year. So congratulations, Coach Gallo and company. Great job there. They will be, and I believe they've already accepted. Um, the CIT one, mm. yeah, I think yeah. it's the CIT. They'll be, they'll be playing postseason basketball somewhere. They have to be. It's the best yeah, story be I've ever heard. Which is really exactly to me. That's um, that's awesome. Uh, all right, tonight on the card, as we dive in, we got a little uh, MIAC, we got a little MAC, we got a little Ivy League. Talk to me about a uh, a game here that you circled that you really like here tonight. I actually circled the game in the Sunbelt. We have rare Friday night Sunbelt games, and one of the teams that I've been following closely in that conference are the Texas State Bobcats. I'm plain and simply looking to back the Bobcats on the road, able to go in with um, the quality and standout performance when it comes to all areas of the basketball court in Nigel Pearson. When you have a game-breaking score and a leader on the court, I think that it just benefits a guy like Eric uh, Terry, and I think that when you look at this Texas A team, they play good enough defense that they can go on the road and win games. By my numbers, they should have been a two and a half point favorite. I took the value with Texas A to plus one. Ivy League starting to heat up. We know Friday night is a big Ivy League night, and you've got the three top teams in action tonight. All three of these teams could win the Ivy League tournament, and they could make uh, a run. I mean, we've seen Ivy League teams make a run in the past. Princeton, Harvard, Yale, I kind of like Harvard tonight here in New York City against Columbia. Uh, Columbia's been dreadful all season long. Yale's an intriguing matchup tonight. They're laying eight against Pennsylvania. And and Princeton right now is in Providence uh, taking on Brown. Any of those three top Ivy League games intrigue you on the card tonight, Maxwell? Uh, I'd probably be looking towards Harvard, but only in the first half. This is a team... Uh, without the services of Bryce A can play a lot more balanced basketball, and I think it puts a lot of pressure on guys to really share the ball, move the ball, and run as little isolation as possible. I look for Noah Kirkwood to be able to get his shot against a Columbia team that as long as you can narrow in on Mike Smith and bring good help defense and double-team him without fouling, you can really put this Columbia offense to bed early. I expect that to happen. I'm going to go with Harvard first half. Um, If you can get three and a half or four, that would be my ideal number. Uh, talk to me back here tonight. A rider taking on Monmouth. Monmouth still alive here for the top spot in the conference. Uh, rider, it looks like what they're going to be around th- third or fourth anyway at this particular point. This is one of those situations where Monmouth's got a lot more to play for than Rider. They're in a, they're in better form right now. They've rattled off some wins here. Uh, rider, not necessarily, but still a tough competition, but one that Monmouth has kind of owned the last couple of times that they have played. Do you think they have the opportunity here, Monmouth, to uh, to take that top spot? 
Well, it's just about Monmouth being able to get their offense going early. If they can start hitting shots from the perimeter, you know that they're going to be tough inside defensively and they're going to be able to box out and limit second-chance opportunities and offensive rebounds for Ryder, which um, which this is something that this team does very well. When you have a volume free-throw shooting team like Ryder, you have to be able to either play at the pace that they want to play at or be able to control them and slow them down. Ryder's definitely um, had a tendency to do that for long stretches of games recently. I expect Monmouth to be able to come out here and, like you said, Joe, play with more motivation and be able to at least win the first half. That's how I look at these road teams. If they can be up at halftime, then I can have enough trust to back them full game, and then I make a second half or a live bet on them. Maxwell, maybe the best game of the night is in the Horizon League. Wright State and Northern Mm. Kentucky, the two top teams in the Horizon League. This is a league that's had some success in the NCAA tournament in years past. Uh, Northern Kentucky, a very slim favorite. They've also got my favorite, one of my favorite nicknames uh, in college basketball, the Norse. So talk to me about the Norse uh, hosting Wright State tonight. Yeah, I think that the main difference that you have to take from the first game where Wright State mopped the floor with Northern Kentucky in the second half would be that Northern Kentucky didn't have the services of Dantes Walton. Having to go up against Luden Love from Wright State is a handful for any team in the Horizon League and not having one of your best frontcourt players to be able to stand on uh, stand inside and be able to try and stop what he tries to do is going to be key. I look for Northern Kentucky to get their revenge tonight, but I think that it's going to be a game where I have to watch a couple minutes and see how Wright State's shooting on the road before I make any kind of wager on it. Talk to me about uh, Kent State uh, versus Ohio State's the Battle of the Buckeye State, really. Um, the MAC taking center stage. The MAC been very profitable to the under this year uh, for whatever reason some very inflated numbers certainly at the top with teams like buffalo throughout the year but the under has been the profitable play in the mac when you look at kent state and ohio tonight who's the better team in your mind in my mind i'm looking at ohio i think that even if you don't have the services of jordan dardis you still have jason preston and he is Standalone, probably the best point guard, in my opinion, in the MAC conference. When you talk about a guy that can lead your offense, um, lead your defense, be able to pressure, help defend, he defends without fouling, he gets to the rim, he gets on the glass, anything that you want from a basketball player, this guy does. And when you have a floor general like that, I got burnt going against them um, in the game against Buffalo. Mm. I'm not making the same mistake tonight. Ohio at home, that's what I'm looking Maxwell, you mentioned the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, I, you talked about Texas State. There's another team in there that, that I've got my close eye on, and that's Georgia State. We all know Rob Lanier. They had that fun upset a few years ago uh, where he fell off the chair and all that stuff. This is a good Georgia yeah. State team. Not a great Georgia State team uh, like they were that season, but they have some intriguing pieces. We know Little Rock is really good in the Sun Belt. They've had success in the tournament. So, again, these smaller conferences uh, that have had some, some, some success in the NCAA tournament – the Sun Belt is certainly one of them. Georgia State, I think, has a chance in the third-place spot to win that conference. They take on Georgia Southern tonight at home. It's a Peach State battle. Uh, the Panthers, five-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Anything interesting between Georgia Southern and Georgia State tonight in Atlanta? 
Well, I think that with Georgia Southern, this is a team that has a lot more uh, continuity on-court chemistry um, going back multiple years. Um, this Georgia State team lost to Marcus Simons, and I think that... Sorry, I think that having Kane Williams and Corey Allen uh, just aren't uh, going to be enough to go up against Quan Jackson today. Um, I would be looking at Georgia Southern in that spot. I'd be looking at the under in that spot. Mm. Uh, one final one here. Uh, we got about 30 seconds, Maxwell. Penn, Yale. Yale laying almost double digits here. Do they get the third consecutive win for themselves here? Do they dominate this game against Penn? I think that you have to take a chance with Yale at least first half. I think that this Yale team has shown over and over again that they can cover spreads. Got to take the shot. All right, you got it. Maxwell Smart, as always, my friend, college basketball savant. Thanks for dropping by. Good luck with your plays this weekend. Thanks, Maxwell. Thanks very much. You got it, guys. NBA cards. Start breaking it down next year on the grid. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Good stuff from our buddy Maxwell Smart there. 11 college basketball games uh, tonight. 10 in the NBA. We'll start breaking down some of those games. We'll take a look quickly at the the movers and shakers here in the market. And uh, one of the games we didn't uh, get a chance to ask him about was Princeton Brown. Um, Mm. And Princeton is tied with Harvard right now for second place there in the Ivy. Now, guess who's third? Right behind him, it's Brown. And they're just a game behind the Princeton Tigers. Now, these, unfortunately for Brown, these two teams are trending in the uh, wrong direction here as Princeton, winners of uh, two of their last three. Brown has dropped two of three. The last time these guys played, Princeton pretty much boat raced them there, 73 to 54. That was only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So the line, though, opens up at a pick'em. And people are going, what? Like, what? pick'em? It's Princeton all day, isn't it? Well, despite the fact that Princeton was is getting a ton of love here, um, there's a lot of people buying low on Brown right now, it, it appears, and a significant betters, too, because this this should be three, four points, but we're not there. So it looks like there is a, a portion of the uh, shall we say the betting community this early in the morning that seems to think Brown <laughs> has a good chance at an upset here. I'm a big fan of that betting community, Joe. Um, I, I yes. so it, it's funny. I've called games at Brown's gym in Providence. It is a bandbox. That is not a is fun really? place to play. Now, I, I, wow. I, I, it's it's one of the more unique gyms in in the Ivy League. Now, I've been to every gym in the Ivy League, with the exception of Dartmouth, and. What they all have in common is they all have these, like... They wouldn't let you in, huh? They wouldn't let you in? Dartmouth wouldn't let me in. I'm wearing the Dartmouth (laughs) green today, though. 
Um, so, <laughs> none, Joe, none of these places would let me in. <laughs> Penn State. I, I tell people I went to Penn State, and they get confused sometimes. They're like, oh, Penn, that's a great Ivy League school. I'm like, no, think about 150 miles uh, to the northwest there. Um, so, so <laughs> way, way off the beaten path. Um, so, so, so back to Brown. So I, I haven't capped Brown a ton this year, but I can cap their gym. And I, I, I understand okay. why I understand why Princeton probably isn't Princeton plays the, the Jadwin center is enormous. It's like a, it's like a cavern compared to what Brown's gym is. So I, I'm not surprised that a team like Princeton that's used to playing in one of the nicest gyms in the Ivy. And there are not a lot of nice facilities in the Ivy. They're very, you know, cozy is the word I would use, but they're not. Like, you know, it's not like you're going to the Thomas and Mack Center. You know, you're going to some big, you know, cavernous college arena, you know, like Rupp or, you know, Allen Fieldhouse. The, right. it, it, you, it's literally the size of this Versa studio that we're in right here. And I, I understand why, why why Princeton could struggle tonight. And the fa- and that's a, that's a trappy line. That's a stinky line. The fact mm-hmm. that Princeton just beat them by 20, uh, what, two weeks ago? Yep. And, and, and now it's a pick'em yep. game. And there's not going to be an environment at Brown's gym to warrant that, but it's a very unique atmosphere because it is so small. The backboards and the wall right. are, like, right next to each other. Like, there's, like, no space it, between, like, the sideline, like, the baseline, and where, like, the end of the gym of is. Yep. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like, uh, it is. It's like a YMCA type of thing. You Basically. might even actually have some room in a, in a YMCA. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great line. It's, a, it's one of these lines, guys, which makes, you know, hanging out with us in the morning worth it because it's a line that, like Jared said, it it stinks. It doesn't make any sense. And usually, when it doesn't make sense, that's because contrarian betters are in uh, are in full high gear here early this morning. You're looking at the Brown now at minus one, minus one and a half in some places. Ken Palm, one of uh, you know, one of the the Bible of college yeah. uh, basketball, something you guys got to have access to. Ken Palm's got Brown winning this game by one. So my suggestion is that, yes, while the public seems to look at this on paper and go, Princeton all day, uh, understand this is one of those games where, yeah, the pros are the pros are moving it to Brown. Ken Palm thinks they're going to win it. And, oh, yeah, I would avoid the spread altogether. If you think Brown's going to win this game, take them on the money line, oh, people. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. That's, uh, and that's that. Just be done. Take them on the money line. So that is a big uh, – well, that's one of the biggest movers and shakers of the eleven. On the card tonight, switching over to the NBA, um, the game that is uh, that's seen the most action so far, and this is a marquee matchup. We mentioned it earlier in the show. The Denver Nuggets at 40 and 18, getting ready to take on the Clippers tonight, 39 and 19. Clippers really starting to put it together since the All Star break, getting a little healthier finally. Uh, they occupy the Nuggets do. They are the number two seed in the West, while the Clippers, they're just a game behind them as the number three seed. Both of these teams riding a couple of game winning streak. I'm looking at early public betting seems to be kind of split here down the middle. But the pros, they've got a clear, they got a clear side with this, and it's the Nuggets, guys. It opened up with the Clippers as a six-point home favorite. Um, Denver at plus six was getting crushed. So it moved down to five and a half at most places. And don't forget, Denver enjoys and they had a day of rest. They last played on Tuesday. The Clippers played on Wednesday. And the last time that these teams met, Denver ended up winning, guys, 114 to 104. So I'm also seeing some under money come in, opened up at 221, 220 and a half. 
I'm seeing this down to 219. So both of these teams, by the way, very profitable to the under this year. Denver 30 and 27, while the Clippers are 31 and 26. When you get two elite teams, the number two and the number three team in the West going at it, um, usually that means we're probably looking at an under as opposed to an over because they usually bring it on both sides of the court. I like the under a lot in this game. I I, I, I don't want to say I disagree with the pros on, on the Clippers. I just feel like L.A. is getting a little healthier, so I would caution mm-hmm. on running to the window for Denver because I think we're going to see at some point a Clippers run, and it might not start tonight. I think defensively is where that run will start, and they've held their last two opponents to under 100 points, Joe, and that to me is that's right. when you start to see – the inklings of the Kawhi Leonard, you know, deal start to, you know, trickle down. Like when they start getting getting right defensively, that's when the offense will come later. I don't know if it'll come tonight. Denver's defense is very good. I that that's why I really like this as an under game because I think both teams might struggle to get to 100 points. So the fact that they're going to get to 220, I think is 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 probably slim. Under is where I'm banking on this game. That's my pick for this game. If I had to pick the side, I actually would go Clippers because I do think LA is starting to get things right with their rotation. They're starting to work Marcus Morris. Reggie Jackson's been a good uh, uh, addition for them as well. They need Paul George to get right, though. He's in a massive shooting slump right now, 12 from his last 46 over his last four games. He's only averaging eight points over his last four games. That is very low for a guy with Paul George's talent. So I'm not running to the window with the Clippers. I think the line is probably spot on. I think L.A. wins this by a couple of possessions, but I do think it's an under game. I think it's like 105-99, like, you know, 105-100. Both teams struggle to get to that century mark, uh, and it's going to be one of those fun Western Conference games. These are the games that we really live for. This is a statement game for L.A. They want that number two seed. They know that they need home court throughout the playoffs. They want to keep Kawhi and George very close to home, and, you know, obviously it won't matter once we get to the, the uh, Lakers-Clippers game uh, series. If we do get to that point, then, then home court is uh, not as important, in my opinion. But for the first two rounds of the playoffs, very, very important that the Clippers get home court, and they are trying to establish themselves right now as that next team in the West. Right now, it's kind of been shaky for them this year. They've been very inconsistent, but I think down the stretch, when the defenses start to percolate, that's when the Clippers will start playing their best basketball. Maybe it's tonight. Yeah, you, you know what it is, too, is don't forget Denver, guys, has been dealing with injuries all season long as well. So, you know, having uh, Murray and company and, yeah. and Grant, all those guys. Grant's been great. I like his point total prop tonight, Joe. 11 and a half, very low. I, I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but uh, same thing. Even though they've won the last two with the Clippers, they, too, have been dealing with some injuries over uh, over the last month or so. Yep. Uh, they've also, the fact that they won their last two is great, but that's coming off a three-game losing streak. So they're only uh, two and three in their last five. And you mentioned Paul George uh, having a problem shooting. Guys, Lou Williams, too, I think has 14 or 13 or 14 points in the last two games. It has not been great for him at all. Jeremiah Grant, the thing with Denver that I like is their versatility to be able, four different guys have led him in scoring here over the last week. So it's not the same old, same yeah. old all the time where they're actually rotating right now. They're getting other guys involved. Grant, 29 points against the Pistons here the other night. They're a little more rested. This is, if we're going to continue to take Denver seriously, which a lot of guys are. I know a lot of guys that went future on them. Yeah. They, this is the kind of game you've got to prove yourself. It's Three. one thing to win in Denver. We need to see you win here. Five and a half points. 
it's an interesting number, but it I'm kind of with you. Uh, I like the under in this because I do think both teams are going to bring it defensively. Yeah. And I think uh, both teams there uh, with their uh, interest, you know, some of these guys having a hard time shooting their way out of a slump. Uh, I would expect this is probably not the game to get right. No, I do think that the under is probably to play to get uh, to get it going here tonight. Uh, but I'll tell you what, another team going the wrong way. How about the Utah Jazz tonight? Oh, man. Uh, taking on, dare I say, the uh, one of the hottest teams now in the East, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> They've lost four in a row, right? They've lost four in a row. They're as cold as ice. Uh, and by the way, all at home, which is just crazy to me. Some guys are, I'm seeing some people start to hit the, uh, the, the alarm here, but it is in Utah this game tonight. The Wizards, 10 and a half points is what they're getting. We know they can score. We know they don't play defense. It's an odd line for a team who is 0-4 against the number in their last four overall. Going double digits with a team that can score as well as Washington, this line is a little strange to me, Jared. Yeah, this line is strange. I can't lay 10 and a half points with Utah. And and if they win... I'm not running to the window for the Wizards, but if the Jazz win by more than double figures or by by double figures or more, then yes, then 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 this line was right. I don't think it is. I think this line should be seven or eight. A uh, couple of good covers for the Wizards over the last two games against the Nets and against yep. the Bucks, two playoff teams. So, you know, I and yep. I know the Nets aren't like a you know runaway playoff team, but hey, they're still two playoff teams. Uh, well, I'll close with this on Denver, Joe. Denver hasn't beaten a team with a winning record in almost a month. So I, I just I, I, I just am not I'm not sold on the Nuggets just yet to kind of close on that game tie ball on it. Good morning the NBA coming up next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. to the grid. That is right. SportsGrid.com the early line. Joe Ranieri alongside the birthday boy, Jared Smith, hanging out here, getting you ready for the day, telling you what's happening with the markets. Ten games tonight in the association. We talked uh, a little bit here about the uh, marquee matchup between Denver and the, uh, the Clippers. That seems to be the biggest market mover right now as the pros seem to have taken a stance with the Denver Nuggets while it uh, looks like the public is all over the Clippers at home, laying five and a half. I will say this, too. We talked about uh, some prop bets there uh, tonight as well. And we mentioned Grant there for uh, for Denver. I mean, his, his prop, I think, points is 11, 11 and a half. I, I, uh, he's been on fire here the last couple of games. But this is a this is a game I would look at some of these props, like uh, Jokic is uh, 30 and a half points and assists. Some of those numbers I think are going to be a little overinflated because we do. I, I correlate the damn bets. If I, I mean, tell me if I'm crazy here, but I like the under tonight. I don't think Grant's going to go off for another, you know, what is it, 11 and a half points right now? He could be single digits, no problem here tonight. And Jokic, too, could have a uh, a tough time, especially if they key in on him 
uh, defensively to Clippers on the road. So I do think there are some under prop opportunities in that game as well. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny. When you look at this game from a, from a prop standpoint, a lot of these numbers are inflated because they're so heavily juiced towards the, the top guys. And Denver hasn't been a really good scoring yep. offense this season. But when we're at this point in the year, Joe, uh, you know, Jokic is not a guy that I'm looking to play props. I'm not looking to play any Kawhi props or Paul George props because the numbers are so sharp mm-hmm. from what we've seen from the season. So if I am looking to play props, I don't love playing under props. Like, if, if I don't like a guy, I would just not play the prop. I wouldn't necessarily play oh, the I'm under. Oh, ro- I'm rooting for hamstring pulls, twisting <laughs> ankle. Come on. You're, the, you're, you're an agent you? of chaos. You're, you're an agent of chaos. It's, exactly. You know, I mean, I, I will say this. I've gotten I've gotten hosed in the past with guys. And I, it's actually gone the other way, too. I had a touchdown prop happen uh, in college football uh, during the bowl season. The guy scored a touchdown, and I had the touchdown prop. And then he got hurt on the touchdown and then, got, and then left the game. So, you know, there's uh, – the, the, the prop market can be a little bit uh, a little bit fluky sometimes because of the injuries and and yeah you know if you're rooting for if you're rooting for injuries all the time it could certainly it could certainly hurt your karma in the long term Grant's the one guy that I think does have value tonight because I think his number is low and I, I like to ride hot streaks and props Avery Bradley was a guy that I was riding for a long time with the Lakers mm. uh, Gary Trent Jr. is now my new guy with Portland he had another big game That's last night his prop number continues to go over I like to find the guys that are in that mid-priced range like Jeremy Grant that are riding hot streaks and you hope that the number is not catching up to where the streaks are indicated I'm not running the window to play any props tonight uh, in this Denver uh, Clippers game because I agree I do think it is going to be an under game but if there was one prop that I was looking at Grant's number is intriguing because he is Mm. on a streak under to me is the only way to play this game I'm not getting to the window with anything else except for the under first quarter first half however you want to play it if you can parlay it whatever you want to do uh, under the number tonight uh, at Staples Center for the Nugs and the Clips Interesting uh, matchup here tonight. The other uh, big game, guys, and I'm going to be looking forward to seeing this because I do think it's uh, the number is interesting as well. How about the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder? Now, we just told you last night, right? The Thunder, big comeback at home, didn't cover but beat Portland, uh, a game in which they were down double digits. Chris Paul kind of took that game over in the second half last night, gets Oklahoma City the win, but now they got to travel to take on you know, the Greek freaking company here. And I, the value has got to lie. When you look even at the number right now, and it, uh, it is up on the board at 10 and a half, I'm seeing a total of 229. 10 and a half is the number for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, this, if you're a, a double digit for Milwaukee Bucks in this spot, um, I, I, the value to me is still with the Milwaukee Bucks, especially coming off that second leg of a back-to-back uh, last night and the way they had to come back, uh, this leads to this leads me to think Milwaukee could have one of those. You know, it, it's a 18 point win and maybe some guys are uh, maybe uh, taking a breath. Chris Paul and company, Alexander and so on. Uh, Joe, this is a fluky stat, but it's something that and again, Oklahoma City's been so good against the number this year. They're eight yeah. and zero in the second game of a back to back against the spread this year. Eight crazy and yeah, oh, crazy against the number. 
in the second game of a back-to-back, and maybe that's why this number is smaller than you would think because maybe the books are over-adjusting for the fact that Oklahoma City has been so good. Listen, I love the Thunder. We've been talking about the Thunder all week, all month, all year. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they are in a very fascinating story. Billy Donovan is, is basically a renaissance man, uh, you know, revitalizing his NBA coaching career. I, I just I, – I actually ha- – I, I like your take on this. I, I, I think I – think, and we talked about this yesterday uh, with the Kings-Thunder game, that we are going to start to yes. see some regression with Oklahoma City. They have now won and not – covered in two straight games and to me that is the shot across the bow when you're still winning the games but you're not matching the number that Vegas is setting I think Vegas has over adjusted these books or these these numbers because Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City has been so good against the number and now we are starting to see some positive regression in the other direction where Oklahoma City overachieved in the first half of the season now the numbers are just a little bit frothy and so now we're seeing it go back in the other way. I, I, I actually like Milwaukee a lot tonight. This is a really tough spot for Oklahoma City. They were worked pretty hard last night by Sacramento. They had to expend a lot of yeah. energy to come back in that game. Now they have to get on a plane. Yep. They have to go to Milwaukee. It's cold in Milwaukee. I mean, the, the Midwest is a disaster. There's a major snowstorm uh, yes. in Ohio today. So it, that, that's not a fun trip for this very young Oklahoma City team. I could definitely see the Bucs uh, putting up a big number tonight. Yes, yeah, it's uh, nine and four. In fact, the uh, the favorite is nine and four against the number in the last thirteen meetings between these two teams. And you know, people look at how good they have been, the Oklahoma City Thunder, certainly from a a spread standpoint. But they still only average one hundred and eight points uh, on the road. They're not a offensive mm. juggernaut, no. uh, so to speak. They do play really good defense. They kind of out hustle guys. They they're very streaky at times during the game. You're talking about a Bucks team that averages 122 points per game uh, going up against a team that averages 108 on a road who's on a back-to-back now uh, after being taken to, uh, you know, having to come back against Sacramento last night. It, to me, this just screams uh, Milwaukee Bucks here to uh, be able to get the job done even by double digits. Another game that, uh, that makes no sense to me here, uh, and of course it's, uh, it's going to be my uh, part of my play of the day, the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Orlando Magic. Now, the Wolves just were down here in Miami and took care of the Miami Heat and uh, still scratching my head on that one. Uh, not only was it an upset, but they had to work really hard to get that win, too, as well. They had to come back down late. Uh, nice result for a team that has absolutely nothing to play for. No Carl Anthony Towns, who is out until, what, next month. But let's face it, no Carl Anthony Towns. What it tells me is that Without him in that lineup, they moved the ball a hell of a lot better. Uh, the ball movement is much better with Minnesota without Carl Anthony Towns. Not saying they're better without him, but certainly from a uh, efficiency standpoint, you know, there's a reason why they beat the Miami Heat and no Carl Anthony Towns. The movement was a lot, lot better. It's seven and a half points, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The number is 236. Like, how in the – I get it, Orlando, what they drop, 130 uh, in the last – I mean, Orlando's put together a couple of nice performances since the All-Star break. 236. Like, I just – I can't wrap my head around that number. I think there's a lot of value in the under in this game. Yeah, and this line's on the move. Two, I, I saw 236 open down to 234 in some shops. So, and that's a pretty decent oh, – that's better. a pretty decent-sized move. Uh, for very early mm-hmm. in the day, the Magic have the number. The Magic, the Orlando Magic, have the number one scoring defense in the NBA. 
Just let that sink in for a yes. minute. Not the Celtics. Yes. Not the Lakers. It's the Orlando Magic with Aaron Gordon and Markel Fultz. And, a, you know, I don't want to call it a makeshift lineup, but this is not a lineup that you're going to write home about as an all-star laden uh, cast uh, before the season started. But that is what they have done. They have shown teams that they can play at a high level on both ends of the floor, but most notably on the defensive end of the floor. I think no towns even makes this more of a slam dunk that the under is the play in this game. I don't know what it's, – it's weird. This, this could be the rare Friday night where uh, I play two big unders on my card with this Clippers game uh, and, and also with this uh, Timberwolves game. But, you know, in Orlando, the weather is, you know, decent, I guess, uh, for this Minnesota team to yes. come down there and travel down uh, much warmer than it is up in Minneapolis. So maybe they're, you know, hanging out relaxing a little bit. Maybe they get off to a little bit of a slow start. First half under might be a good play in this game as well. Uh, that number does seem incredibly high uh, for a defense like Orlando without and, and Minnesota without their best score. The thing that did it for me is, guys, Orlando Magic home games, just 38% of them hit the over. 38% of the Orlando Magic home games have gone over. That is a stat and a trend, man. I'm sorry. There's a reason for it. I'm not buying it. Without Carl Anthony Towns, it's nice. But like I said, they had to work for that 124 points against the Miami Heat. So uh, I'm looking at the under. I'm with you down to 235, 234 in a lot of places. So uh, definitely a game even. Uh, listen, you get it anything over 230, I'm in oh, yeah. to the under at this point. Uh, a couple other games quick. We'll get to our best bets. Yeah, in fact, let's start with the best bet. Sure. Where are you going to go on the board here tonight? Yeah, I really like this Yale matchup against Harvard. I, I was looking. I was. I was looking at the uh, the uh, Columbia line as well against Harvard. But but Yale against Penn uh, at home. I, I really like this Yale team. I, I think they're the elite team in the Ivy. Both of those lines are eight. So Harvard is laying eight at yep. Columbia. And, uh, and and uh, Yale is uh, laying eight against Penn. Both are good options. I'm going to lean the home team here. Give me the Bulldogs at home. They're going to blow out Penn. Yale is the best in the Ivy this year, Joe. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Maxwell Smart. Jared Smith, happy birthday. We'll talk to you again Thank on you. Monday. Morning after is coming up next, guys. Best of luck with your plays. We'll be here Monday to recap for you.